Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi friends, I'm so grateful you're here with us today for the Fully Restored podcast. Before we jump into my interview with today's guest, I wanted to let you know that during our conversation today, there is some discussion that is best listened to away from children's ears. I so appreciate my guests who are transparent and real and who are giving us hope on the other side as well. Please be mindful of your own triggers and know we are discussing these things to bring them to the light of Jesus and to help individuals find their own healing. Thanks, friends. And now to my interview. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Jennifer Beagle, who has a beautiful story of God's redemptive power, love, healing, and restoration. And although her journey was filled with great pain, abuse, trauma, and horrific experiences, Jennifer is now being used mightily for the kingdom of God. What the enemy meant to use to destroy her is truly her testimony of God's great love for her, for you, and for I. Welcome, Jennifer, to the Fully Restored Podcast. Thank you, Kristen. It is so great to be here. Well, I'm so happy to have you here with me today. So Jennifer, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do, and your family? I can. I would love to. I'm going to start with my family. In fact, I have a beautiful family. I have a biological son who is 31 years old, married to a God-fearing, beautiful woman. They have four children, so I'm a grandmother of four, and that is the absolute love of my life, the delight of my heart. I also have two adopted children that I adopted out of the Florida foster care system nine years ago. We just celebrated that anniversary last month, and it was just beautiful. We are just a traditional family. We love the Lord. We love the church. We love what God can do in a life. And we put him to the test with a lot of challenges, but we overcome those challenges because God is faithful. As far as what I do, I am very passionate for broken, hurting women. And I have spent the last two decades working with the such. I do outreaches. I currently work in the anti-sex trafficking industry and I mentor teenagers, but I also am opening up a residential home where we can take some of the trafficked women in and mentor them with a holistic trauma-informed approach and give them some stability and a safe place to live and then equip them to send them back out. It's very much what I'm passionate about. I love doing it. And that's a little bit about me. Well, that is wonderful. And I love how God has truly used you in a mighty way. I've had the honor of having you at our church here in 
Paris, where we moved two years ago, and knew that I needed to get you on my show as well as following you on Facebook. So just to, you know, you're doing mighty work for God's kingdom and impacting the sex trafficking area. And there's a lot of things that you didn't share of what, of how God has used you over these many years. But I love that you're opening also a residential home. I didn't know that. I am. We are in the process. Lord willing, we'll have our doors open within the next few weeks. Definitely by the end of April, it's been quite a process. We have just been honoring the Lord with our journey, trusting Him the whole way. There's a great need. We already have some organizations doing a great work. We're not taking away from that. We don't think we're anything better than that. We just want to add to that resource, to the resources that are already there and be another opportunity for people, for women, young adult women to come and heal. Yeah, absolutely. And really the truth is we don't have enough of these type of homes out there for the need. And so the more that we can get open that are Christ-centered, healthy, good places for individuals to be on their journey of healing, the more the better, right? I would agree with that. It's definitely a multifaceted industry. You have to deal with a lot of sex abuse, a lot of drug addiction, a lot of gender identity issues, a lot of just brokenness beyond words. So we want to be an all-inclusive outlet for them to come and heal. Yes. Amen. Amen. So that is wonderful. And I look forward to hearing more about that because that actually is some an area that's very strong on my heart as a counselor. My area specialty is trauma and abuse. And so that's why I just, you know, hearing that you're doing this, it's like, yes, yes, because that is what women need. They need that setting where they're just pulled aside for a bit and they're receiving the great prayer and teaching and counsel and friendship and relationship that walks them through that journey. So that's wonderful. And going back to your kids, really, that could be a whole show in itself about fostering because that adopting through the foster care system, I love your heart there as well and your family. That's awesome. You know, in Luke 7 47, it really breaks it down, Kristen. It talks about the woman who anointed Jesus's feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. And it says that the woman that has been forgiven much loves much. Yeah. And that is the the very foundation of my life. Yeah. I have been forgiven of so much. So I just constantly want to give back. I was raised in foster care. And so the Lord opened the door for me to be able to adopt these two children. They are siblings. When he opened that door for me to adopt them, it was a yes for me. I grappled with it a little bit because I was a single woman doing great exploits for the kingdom of God, traveling all over the world. And I knew that this would make me more grounded, like stay yeah. at home grounded. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I grappled with it, even though my heart was screaming, yes, I just couldn't see myself being still that long. And then uh, the Lord gave me a great vision of being able to train them up for the kingdom of God, just like I would anyone else in ministry. And then it became a yes. And I got to adopt them. It was pretty phenomenal. 
Mm, That's wonderful. And there is such a huge need for that. There really is. So that's, that's great that God is led you in that direction. So Jennifer, let's just kind of jump right in. Would you share with us your story of your childhood? Now, I know that there's a lot that has happened through your life, but let's just start at your childhood. Can you start there? Sure, absolutely. I am the baby of seven, and we're a very blended family. My mom gave birth to five of the seven children, and all of us have a different dad. So it was an interesting recipe for disaster, if you will. By the time my mom married my dad and had me, I think everyone was just tired and we didn't know Jesus. So that really put a lot of strain in the family. So being the baby, you get picked on and I was the smallest and you get picked on. We were raised country and, uh, you know, we had our own gardens. We killed our own animals. We milked our own cows. We were already in survival mode. We were very poor, lived in a very rundown home, but it was home just the same. There was a lot of abuse in our family. My dad was a severe alcoholic and my mom was a severe angry woman. She was also an adulterer. She had a lot of affairs on my dad, which would put him in a drunken rage and he would beat her and just un thinkable acts with her and make the children watch. We saw him put a gun to her head and declare that he was going to kill her and he would play Russian roulette. And we would watch that. That was my whole childhood. So by the time I'm seven years old, I'm so messed up on the inside. All of us are. It wasn't just me. It was the whole family. We were so messed up on the inside, but my uncle, my mom's brother, I went to him for a boo-boo. I had a boo-boo on my leg and I went to him for some help. And he helped me in a way that I can look back now and thank God. But at the time, he molested me. It was something that I obviously was not expecting. I did not know what was going on. I did not know that I needed to approach somebody with what had happened. He had actually groomed me for that molestation. He convinced me that he was my favorite uncle and that I was his favorite niece. He had pornographic magazines that uh, he let me look at and watch on television, just different ways that he had groomed me for that instance. So he molested me that day and he only molested me the one time, but I got so damaged on the inside that I just completely disconnected from my family. And I started acting out. I started drinking my dad's beers at the time and everyone thought it was cute. Oh, look at little Jenny tipping the beer. The problem is, is I was becoming the alcoholic that my father was. Nobody else in my family drank. My mom didn't drink. Nobody else did. It was just my dad and now me. So they started hiding the alcohol from me because I got to a point where I needed it. I would search out my dad's alcohol at nine and 10 years old. I started acting out in school. I was getting in fights. I would hide in the bathroom, skip school, all the different things. I ended up going to court multiple times. My mom and dad divorced finally and separated completely. My mom would go to court with me and I would just be so mean, so broken. I would cuss you out. I would say the things to you that were, that was just broken inside of me. 
I wanted everyone to feel the way that I felt. I needed you to hurt. I was hurting so badly that I needed you to hurt or I could not identify with you. So I ended up getting in trouble in school a lot, ended up in court a lot, ended up in foster care myself. And in that foster home, my first foster home, my foster dad actually molested me as well. I was already promiscuous. So this was just normal life for me. I became promiscuous at 12 years old and sleeping around with anyone that would give me any type of attention. In this foster home, when my foster dad molested me, it was in the middle of the night and he literally drug me from the floor to the bathroom. I was paralyzed with fear. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. No one still knew about my uncle molesting me. And it was that same feeling all over again. So I, I went ahead and became his girlfriend. His wife at the time had prescription drugs and he would feed me the prescription drugs to have sex with him. So I chose the drugs over any type of healthy, normal living. I left foster care and went back to my mom, ended up just running away from home when I was 16 years old, 15. I had turned 16 in the summer, but I had already left. And I ran away from home, ran away to Chicago with some family members. Now, if you can picture this, I come from a small community, no traffic lights, all dirt roads. Every grade was on the same campus, kindergarten through 12. It was a very small community. So I ran away from there to Chicago, Illinois. My family that I lived with, they were fantastic, just wonderful people. But we used drugs and we used drugs a lot. So that was what coping mechanism was, was just to be able to get high and exist. I ended up meeting a man after that and traveled around the country, racing horses, sleeping in and out of beds. I met my husband. He was a truck driver. He was a truck driver of horses. He drove for Sally horse vans and he would take my horses from Ohio. I've been all over the country. You're just going to have to track with me. I've been all over this country. I've moved from Chicago back to Florida to Ohio now. And he was our truck driver. And I ended up sleeping with him, marrying him a month later. He was twice my age, literally. He was 38 years old. That is when I got pregnant immediately with my son and I had my baby at 19, still being a baby. I was an older teenager, but I was so delayed in my maturity, in my thinking, in my actions that I probably was about 13 on a mental scale. When I had my baby, it was the most precious thing I had ever experienced. It was mine. I didn't want him the entire pregnancy. I just wanted to party. I just wanted to get high. I just wanted to be drunk. And this hindered me from being able to do that. So I hated my pregnancy, but when I held him in my arms, I loved him immediately. I divorced my first husband about a year in because I started drinking and drugging immediately after giving birth. And he was, he was just a good old country boy. He was from Kentucky, which is what brings me to Kentucky. But he was a good old country boy ready to settle down. And I was the wild child. So that is my childhood. 
I can just continue on. But if you have any questions from that, I would love to answer them. Well, and I think you, one of the questions I had was like, how old were you and you were nine years old when you started drinking alcohol? And I really do appreciate the detail that you gave us. And I am so sorry for of what you have been through. It sounds like part is you have had a fighting soul within you. I have. That is such a beautiful way to put that. It is a soul that just cannot give up. There's a term that goes around in the anti-trafficking industry and other industries as well. And it's survivor. Mm-hmm. I am more than a survivor. I am someone who just cannot give up. And I do have that fighting soul. Every time I turned a corner, I had to fight to breathe, let alone overcome and succeed in any way. So thank you for that. Yeah, well, and the fighting soul is is somebody who I, I just picture you keep getting back up because many people sadly don't when they experience a little bit or what you have experienced, the totality of what you have experienced. They end up passing away. They, they overdose on drugs. They take their life. There's many different things, but you fought. I have fought and I still fight. I'm 20 years out of everything and I still fight to overcome some of those traumatic battles in my mind. But I was that statistic for so many years. I don't know how many times I tried to get sober and failed. I don't know how many times I tried to get over the molestation, the rapes, the beatings, the left for dead, the failed marriages, the alcoholism. I've OD'd twice and ended up in the hospital. I should have died. I don't know why some people die and some people don't. I just know that my God has been good to me. And for some reason, he has chosen me from the foundation of the world. And he has created me perfect in his sight to be exactly who I am today and every day. So I give him praise for that. You know, I was just reading in Isaiah 49, and he was talking about how in his mother's womb, God knew him. And that in the innermost parts, when he was being created, God knew him and that God put his words in his mouth and his mouth was like a sharp sword. And I think of you from the beginning of when you were created, God called you and there was the enemy brought a lot of opposition, but God called you and he formed you. He called you from your mother's womb in a place, in a family. And this is just this morning, this was speaking to me. My story is different than yours, but I come from abuse as well. That knowing that from your mother's womb, God called you. And not just that, but he has put his words in your mouth and they're a sharp sword. And that sharp sword is just going to cut through everything and get to the heart of the issue. That is what, just by you sharing your story of what you've said so far, I can tell Jennifer that that is who you are, is that you have the word in you and it cuts. It cuts through all the other stuff and gets to the core issue and brings life to people. We know that, we live that because of what God has done in our life has been so transformational that at the end of my show, I always say, 
and nothing or no one is beyond restoration with Jesus. And that's the truth. We're all the same, right, Jennifer? In God's eyes, we're all the same and all equal. And his love is the same for all of us. You know, I love to say that God is a whosoever will God. Yes. And whosoever will call upon the name of Jesus will be saved. And whosoever will cry out to the Lord, he will hear you and he will come and help you. And he will put you on a firm foundation and he will use you accordingly. Like the word is in me, but it's because I grasp that reality that God is a real God. One of my life scriptures, I believe uh, we were going to talk about this later, but it's such a great time. Jeremiah 29, 11, that God's thoughts are to prosper me and not to harm me, that to give me a hope and a future. And one of the things that stood out to me in the very beginning of my walk was that God is not here to harm me. All the things that happened to me was the enemy. And he has been in a battle. If you read Zechariah chapter three, a phenomenal passage in scripture that talks about how Joshua was a sinner and he was in filthy, dirty rags. And the enemy was standing in the very presence of God, accusing Joshua. And and God said, no, no, that one is mine. In fact, reclothe him, take off the filthy rags and put on white linen. And so Jeremiah 29, 11 really stood out to me that God's not here to harm me. He's here to help me. He's here to prosper me. So all of this stuff that happens to me, you opened with it. What the enemy meant for evil, God is now turning around for his glory. Hey friends, my interview with Jennifer was so good that we continued well beyond my normal show recording time. So you can hear the second part of our interview next week. Our show notes and all the links shared with us today can be found at my website, fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. And I would so appreciate it if you could leave a rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on. I would love to stay connected with you. You can find me on my Instagram and Facebook pages. Both of those are at author Kristen Klaus. I look forward to sharing the second part of our interview next week. And friends, I pray that this episode really spoke to you, encouraged you, and ministered to you. And remember, friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.